I'm Mary Jordan, a reporter with the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We're joined in the studio today by Levin Bertels, director of The Momentary, Lauren Hayes, the curator of visual arts for The Momentary and the curator of contemporary art for Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, and Pia Agrawal, The Momentary's performing arts curator. I'd like to start by thanking you all for being here with us today. Welcome. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, we're really excited to talk about The Momentary today, which I understand is a new contemporary multidisciplinary art space that's opening up in Bentonville um, on February 22nd. Is that correct? It is. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so I'm um, really kind of discuss uh, what everything about the momentary. You guys must be getting pretty excited to get to the end of such a long project, huh? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like we're at part of the end, but also just at the beginning, because now we're actually going to allow people into the space to <laughs> see the art, to see the building, to come to the performances. So it's just now getting really started. Yeah. Well, and about how long of a road was it for you guys to see the momentary become a reality? So I think for all of us, it's been a long road, but an exciting road. But overall, around since 2016, Crystal Bridges announced that they had purchased this empty factory that had empty factory in Bentonville and then really started thinking about what was missing from the contemporary arts landscape in Northwest Arkansas and realized very quickly that a multidisciplinary space that would bring visual arts, performing arts, culinary arts all together was something that felt very much needed. Right, very good. Now, what can you share with me about the multidisciplinary nature of the momentary and how that differs from venues that we're used to seeing in the region, like like theaters or museums? I think speaking for the theaters, what's really exciting is that we have really flexible spaces. So our spaces, we have the opportunity for um, you know, seating to disappear, for the floor to be in different configurations. Um, we have op an opportunity to make the spaces feel really transformative and really different every time you walk in, um, which I'm, you know, as we're really in the final stages of uh, getting all those spaces ready, it's really nice I'm having this like constant beautiful uh, moment in my head of uh, thinking about us being in a factory specifically and like, and the productivity of a factory and like seeing how that was, you know, that was designed to create the same product all the time and right. how we're really like turning that on its head, I think, with the performance spaces and really trying to show people something different every time they come in. That's very cool. Now, having all these different things and aspects that are coming into it, a lot of times when we go into a museum, we're used to seeing just visual art. When we go into a theater, we're used to seeing just performing arts. Um, but this brings a lot of different disciplines together in one location. That's very different. Is that correct? Yeah, I think it's it's a continuation for me of a conversation, I think, especially in contemporary art. I think a lot of artists are um, defining themselves differently, getting involved in different practices, um, wanting to explore different, different avenues to have conversations, and I think we're creating a home for that. Okay. Now, I understand there's somewhat of a communal and social nature to the momentary, and that general admission is free. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you tell us a little bit about um, how you hope the community experiences the space when they enter into it? Well, it's one of those interesting observations that many of us share is that as we uh, are in this age of technology where you can share so much in terms of arts and culture online and where we can see amazing visual arts and have VR experiences and things on 
devices that we might even have at home, like our tablets and readers and computer screens, one element that will rarely be replaced by technology is the social aspect, is coming together to see an exhibition together, share a meal together, hang out together, discuss what we just experienced, or hear a concert, see a show, maybe throw a frisbee, walk my dog, all these things that you can do that are really truly part of the social beast that is each animal, each human. Um, and so um, we feel that um, as art centers grow into the 21st century, that's probably the element that is the most important for us to embrace. Um, and uh, what we wanted to do with that is to make sure that we do that in a very accessible way, where it's not just about presenting these arts and making them accessible in you know free access, you don't need to buy a ticket, but also making sure you can make it part of your everyday life. You can come in for five minutes or five hours. You can come in to experience one thing or, or four things. Um, you can grab a meal, go on a date, um, do all these things. Um, we've sort of taglined it as, you know, um, um, an everyday living room for contemporary arts. Now, is there anything in Northwest Arkansas that resembles this right now? I would say no, um, but there's many elements already here and we are hoping to bring those elements together. Um, it's one of the beauties of this region is that there is room for one of each. There is room for a major um, international museum. There's room for a great children's hospital. There's room for a great sports team. And we feel there was room for a contemporary art center. Yeah. Now, the momentary does sound really unique. Do you think it's going to take the community a little bit of time to kind of wrap their mind around such a different space? I don't think so. I think once we're open and people come and see what's going on, come to a performance, come see State of the Art 2020, come get a meal, do anything, they'll realize that there's not one way to be in this space, that you don't have to always do this or always do that. You can come in, you can sort of see what's going on. And that's what I love, the fact that, you know, because admission is free, people can just come check it out mm -hmm. and sort of see what's going on and then come back. And I think such a big part of contemporary art is how you interpret it and what you feel about it and what you get from it. And I think that's what really what we want to show people. It's not really about getting the space. It's about coming yeah. <laughs> and seeing how you feel about it. All right. Now, the Momentary is located in a former Kraft Foods cheese plant. What can you tell me about what went into the decision to repurpose the space as a contemporary art space? So one of the, the things that that presented to us was an opportunity and a challenge, but a, a good challenge. Um, if you go into a project that architects call adaptive reuse, where you take an existing building and turn it into something new, you try and listen to that building. And actually, Lauren uh, was part of that process even before I was here. Um, already with the Crystal Bridges Museum team was to go in with the architects and to sort of envisage what that could become, listen to the architecture as it were. Um, what we felt beyond that was also that um, a building like this has a very rich history. Um, in our case, it has industrial history, it also has agricultural history as a side, and it even has Native American history as a side. And so we want to also embrace those different layers of history um, with the momentary as we go forward. 
Um, the, the challenges, of course, are that there's no point in trying to force anything on any of these spaces that doesn't feel like a great fit. Otherwise, you might have as well have taken the building out and built a totally new one, which we deliberately didn't want to do. So you're trying to find that balance, and we were very fortunate to work with a really cool team of architects out of Chicago, Wheeler Kearns. Um, and the lead architect on the project actually studied here in Fayetteville at the Faye Jones School of Architecture, Kelly Camp. Um, she's from Arkansas and she really gets the vernacular of this region and she gets um, some of the, the typical um, aspects of how we live here in the heartland and has incorporated some of those ideas in, in the plans for the building, which is really cool. Now, what's it been like trying to turn an industrial space like this into an art venue? Yeah, I think from the visual arts perspective, it's a learning experience. It's really exciting to think about because you have to bring the artists in and sort of have a conversation with them to let them know what the space was like, you know, what the walls are going to look like, what the floors are going to look like. And now we can actually really start to see how each project is going to transform what the space looks like. So with a group show like State of the Art 2020, there are lots of different experiences that we've had to make. And obviously, you know, we've had to create some temporary walls to make works fit, but also really being able to play up the fact that we have some really high ceilings in the building. We have some really unique vantage points that we wouldn't have had without this building. So it's nice to think about what that's going to be. But it's been a, it's been a challenge and an exercise and compromise, is what I sort of like to say. And I think the, the, there's an exciting factor of really thinking about, um, I think across, you know, like what Lauren was saying about with the visual arts, but the performing artists, like how work can kind of fit into the space, um, because our space is unique even within uh, the performing arts field. And so it's been nice to have artists come in and respond to it as we've been renovating the building, because I think how artists are interpreting the space and reading the space is such a big part of achieving our mission and really growing and responding to need too. It's about the artists and the audience. Well, and are there any limitations to how art can be experienced at the momentary due to the adapted uh, reuse processes used in the building? I think we're going to learn. I think right now we don't see any. I think if anything, all I see is all the possibilities that are going to come with each project and each, each progressive experience that we have because we are going to just learn so much more from the artists that we bring in and from visitors once they're actually in the space as well. I think we have a pretty good team that turns limitations into opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think we're thinking about opportunity and growth and possibility a lot more. And there is also a genuine excitement with many artists because mm -hmm. there's just not many spaces like that. Um, and, and not only spaces, but also it, with a space like this, you attract a team of people that are creative, that are adventurous, mm -hmm. and artists. And we hear that a lot. We can't send, um, you know, as-built pictures yet of the building because it's we're only finishing it this week. Um, <laughs> but it's exciting to hear that artists want to dream with you and, and want to envisage what their project might look like. And one of the things that that allows us to do is also to commission work that gets made for the space, in the space, which again is a very um, uh, special opportunity for the heartland because often work gets made in more traditional settings in major metropolitan areas um, or academic settings and then tours in a very almost box standard form, which is a little boring to many artists. They make a work, say a theater work, and it's ready for a standard black box theater, and they know what the minimum and maximum dimensions of those theaters are, and they make it so it can tour in all these spaces, but every night feels the same to them because they're staring into 
you know, this this audience that seats seated on the same bleachers and the same with visual art shows. 99% of gallery walls are white when you look at a commercial gallery and you have to start from there and it's pretty bland. And the fact that we offer a, a point of difference is actually very exciting to many artists. And I think it ties in even uh, the way we're talking about a social experience of being able to commission work and have a residency program and have artists really um, you know, even as, if it's for a month or six weeks or over the course of, you know, a few years help, de you know, develop work here, it allows them to get to know the region and who's around and the audiences that they're speaking to. And so that, you know, contributes to the work that they're making, too, in a social way. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Time Being Festival, if I, I could. Now, that's going to be your inaugural inaugural festival on uh, your first weekend, February 22nd, 23rd. How is that kind of a good sampling of what um, the residents of the area can expect in the future from the momentary? Yeah, the performing arts team uh, really looked at um, the types of work we want people to, you know, we, we think people can expect to see um, throughout our regular season. So there's music, there's theater, there's dance. Um, we're occupying a lot of different spaces in the building. Um, our two venues inside the building, um, kind of a mixed space that's a performing arts space that's in the galleries, and then even our exterior tower space. So that's one of the ways that we want audiences to really experience it, is to feel empowered to check out the building and really see what the building has to offer. But we're also thinking about, um, you know, time being is based on really thinking about temporality and performing arts, um, but the experiences are all about an hour, and so we really want audiences to try something new um, you know, they're, they're shorter experiences, they're shorter sets by bands, so we're encouraging people to try more than one thing and maybe take a chance on something new in the weekend, too. You, you have to get a, a time ticket for the event, do you not? Uh, the, the performances are mostly ticketed. We have some pop-up experiences, so mm -hmm. if you're hanging out in the building and getting a drink or a snack or a coffee, um, you might catch a performance while you're doing that, um, but a lot of the experiences are timed All right, very good. and ticketed. Now, Lauren, state-of-the-art 2020. Um, that's going to be the Momentary's first real exhibit. What can you tell us about what it's going to feature and how it can be viewed in its entirety? Yeah, so State of the Art 2020 will be at both the Momentary and Crystal Bridges, and it features the work of 61 artists living and working across the United States. And State of the Art 2020 is the second in what I guess will now be an exhibition series um, that started in 2014 with State of the Art. And really, myself and my co-curators, Allison Glenn and Alejo Benedetti, we went across the country, did a lot of studio visits with artists, and got to this artist list by really thinking about how are artists helping us understand what this moment is? How are we able to look to artists and really think about where we are as a country, where we are at this particular moment, and also maybe where we're going? Um, and there's all different types of work. So there's painting, there's sculpture, performance, installation work, sculptures that are based on things that artists saw when they came to visit us. Um, you know, one of the things with the artists, not everyone makes paintings or makes things that they make in their studio, right? Or their studio is outside or wherever they need to be. And so for many of the artists, we brought them here to do site visits and sort of show them both Crystal Bridges and the Momentary to really talk about, okay, what's the best spot? Where can you make work? And people were inspired by things they saw at the airport, conversations they had with staff members to really create works that I think people are gonna enjoy. 
That's really neat. Now, uh, even I understand there's also a culinary arts aspect uh, to the Momentaries programming. What can you tell us what that might look like? So we're going to start with a really cool lunchtime experience. Um, Chef William McGormick is kicking this off um, where um, in you know the spirit of our factory feel, we have repurposed the old break room um, where factory workers in between the whole cheese making process would have their own lunch. And we've called it the break room. Um, uh, and uh, you will be able to build your own modular lunch uh, with a number of healthy options. From the month of May, we're going to start with um, a uh, guest chef program where uh, we will bring guest chefs from further afield that people will be able to meet um, and will learn about their cuisine and their practice and then have a very great, uh, nice, exclusive uh, culinary experience with them um, as an evening dinner. Uh, beyond that, we're looking at all kinds of collaborations. Of course, we're neighbors with Brightwater, the culinary school um, based at 8th Street Market. Um, and so we're looking at all of these um, ways to tying in a culinary element with our performing and visual arts. The idea is very much one of accessibility and adventure, uh, which can go together really well. So it means that you're always welcome. You will always find things that you recognize on the menu, but you can also venture off into something more exotic or adventurous. Um, and so it's really a menu that will be there for all to enjoy. And I think that speaks to, you know, food as a way to have a conversation, you know, and, and the social experience of, seeing the work, whether it's exhibition, performance, ideally all of it, um, but it allows us to really create a platform um, for people to feel comfortable and conversational in the space as well. And we're excited to you know, think about cross-disciplinary programming um, and ways that there are artists now that are really thinking about integrating food into their practice as a way to continue to have contemporary conversations. I think even where the break room is located, it's located right in next to Gallery One, one of our main visual arts spaces so people will be there eating and they'll be able to look over and sort of see the work and hopefully that again sparks conversation and allows people to have this different interaction to the work and maybe even to their meal. Now we've talked a lot about experiencing art at the momentary but I understand you've also been piloting an artist residency program over the last couple of years. What was behind the decision to include an artist in residence program at the venue? You know, I think another sort of conversation and thinking about, okay, well, what do we have in this region? We have Crystal Bridges. We have this amazing collection. We're opening the momentary, really thinking about contemporary art across the spectrum. And what can we do? What's the next thing we can do? So how can we think about bringing artists into this region, giving them sustained engagement with everything we have going on, as well as all the artists that already live here? Um, and you know, at the momentary, we're going to have three studio spaces, but artist residencies don't always need a traditional studio because this will be a performing arts residency as well as visual arts and even culinary arts at a certain point. So there are all these different ways in which people can interact with different spaces. And, you know, for the year that we've piloted it, um, for the couple of years that we've been piloting the program, it resulted in a great acquisition to the Crystal Bridges collection, the Leonardo Drew work that we got. He made that while he was an artist in residence here for a brief amount of time. We ended up acquiring it. So really, it allows us to see some of these different conversations and different ways that we can not only get to know artists, but really get to know their work in a different way. Now, are the residencies limited to just visual art? 
No, we'll have performing artists uh, doing residencies as well, and we do want to expand that into um, culinary residencies, and I think that brings up a good um, a good point that I'm particularly excited about of bringing artists together in a residency program that might be overlapping and working across mm-hmm. disciplines that might not otherwise have a home to meet or have conversations or talk about their practices together. Um, Cause I've seen some nice co- collaborations um, or conversations come, come out of that with artists. You know, if there's a visual artist and a performing artist, both in residency at the same time, they're not necessarily making a work together, but they're going to be sharing space and the building together, you know, even finding time just to, to chat about what they're doing. And so I think for us to be able to foster the, foster those conversations is really exciting. Now, Lauren mentioned that Crystal Bridges did acquire um, one of the pieces, but I'm wondering, how might the community just in general get to experience the resident artist work while they're here? So we will have open studio events for all of the artists and residents, so figuring out the timing of that, but hopefully an afternoon on the weekend where the artists will open up their studio and the community can come and sort of see what they're working on, talk to them, get to know them a little bit more. And that's one of the things. And then I think with all the other artists, it could very much be arranged because there are going to be some artists who very much want that feedback more constantly, right? So we might figure out a place to show work while it's in progress or they'll want to engage with the community in a different way. And I think that's just one of the really exciting things that we're able to offer in this region, not only the momentary and Crystal Bridges, but we have the university here. We have all these great community partners that our artists will be able to interact with. And I think for performing artists, they're, you know, they're um, in residency, a lot of the artists want an audience in the room. They want to test out whether it's dialogue or song or some you know piece of material that they're creating. Having an audience in the room for that is a big part of uh, creating the work itself um, and not something that artists, if they're not in residency, they're not organizing showings, they don't always have the opportunity to do. And the audience being there really completes the work. Uh, so we are uh, planning on, for the performing arts residencies, having showings so people can be part of that process. The audience can be part of that process as well. And then how do you anticipate programs like this uh, affecting or impacting the momentary and the region long term? That's a big question. <laughs> Long silence. Um, we, you know, our mission really speaks to the idea that we want to enrich this region, but doing so with national relevance. And, and that's one of the things we're already feeling, you know, the, the show that uh, Lauren and her colleagues has uh, curated and um, some of the engagement around time being, you feel that um, it's about bringing the region to um, uh, to you know experience some of what's out there, but also to put Northwest Arkansas culturally further on the map, um, and and those two can go hand in hand really beautifully. Um, the idea that it's an exchange, it's a, it's a meeting place for creativity. Um, it's very much about the art of here and now. Um, that's why we are very deliberately not another collecting institution. We're not going to build a repertoire of theater plays that we tour. We're not going to build a collection of uh, visual artworks that will hang there forever. It's very much about being part of the dialogue and of the creation. And I think that um, long term will hopefully earn us a place uh, amongst other creative institutions where we can share some of that work, where we can part, be part of that national and international dialogue. Um, I think one of the more exciting parts of that is that we're doing that right here in the heartland in a more rural setting. And that feels very different from doing that in, in one of the um, boroughs of New York or doing that in, in a neighborhood in LA. Um, and that's super exciting. Yeah, now how do you anticipate the momentary will impact the region's quality of life once it's up and running? 
you know, I think we're in speaking to the momentary really being about the here and now, you know, we're really conscious that the region is growing really rapidly. And I think the momentary has the opportunity as we're bringing conversation, bringing work, bringing people into space, really responding to a growing region where, you know, some people have been here forever. Some people have been here for a year. You may have been here for a day and we'll be a home for all of that. And so I think that that contributes to quality of life because no one's a stranger to us. As soon as you walk in the door, you're, you're in, you, you know, you can be at home, you're in welcome space. Um, and I think we need more opportunities like that as we continue to grow. Yeah. And I think as speaking as someone who lives in this region, I'm also excited <laughs> about the momentary because I think not only from the work that I know we're doing, but also just being able to see different things and really explore, you know, as a visual arts curator, I have worked closely with my performing arts colleagues, but don't know half of what they're doing and what they're putting together. So I'm really excited to see it come to life and to be able to experience it. And just knowing that that's something that's being added to this region is really exciting to think about. Mm. I would say that um, it's just so nice to see for all of our uh, five cities and towns here in the region um, that whenever something new opens, there is just that amazing drive for people to be part of it. Um, as a volunteer, and of course we encourage people to sign up as a volunteer for the momentary um, or a, as a participant in any of the activities. That's true for a lot of our hospitality businesses here in the region. That's true for a lot of our events and sports and farmers markets. It's true for many of our cultural projects, but it's just so heartwarming to see that people will come out and really embrace new things and uh, want to be part of it. Um, often very actively, which which is really nice. All right, now um, I have reached the end of my litany of questions. You guys have appeased uh, a lot of my curiosity today. Thank you so much. But I'm wondering if there's anything that you really want to be sure you speak into today while we still have a little bit more time left. Well, I touched on volunteers, and there's many ways where people can actually participate in the momentary uh, as a visitor. Um, um, they might want to um, give up some of their sp uh, spare time and, and be actively involved, and we hope that many people in the region will want to do that. Um, there is a great volunteer program. Obviously, we also encourage them to come to us and share rides. We, you know, if you live too far to jump on a bike and come to us via the Razorback Greenway, then you might, of course, want to share a ride in a car, um, which is a great way to get to know your neighbors and to come to the momentaries, exhibitions, and, and projects. Uh, we encourage everybody to look on our website to find out what's happening. Um, it's themomentary.org, um, and you'll find our full calendar there. Um, and obviously, we hope to see many, many new faces. Um, as we open on February 22nd. It's not too late to sign up for membership. If you sign up as a momentary member, you have exclusive access to a membership preview day on Friday the 21st. Okay, wonderful. Ladies, do you have anything to add today? I know, it's great. I think, you know, we, we're, we talk a lot about opening, but I think in speaking to quality of life and how we're growing in the region, we just wanna encourage people to come back to to plan on new experiences and plan on um, repeat visits because you will get something new and something different out of um, coming to the momentary I think every time you come in and one of the things that I, we didn't talk about is we're actually going to have a shuttle that goes from the momentary to Crystal Bridges to the 21C hotel that's in downtown Bentonville. And this will, the shuttle will run Wednesday through Sunday, so the days that both the momentary and Crystal Bridges are open. So that's another way that people can 
see the spaces, see, spend some time downtown, go to the momentary, go to Crystal Bridges and really get a bigger sense of what's going on. Um, I should, sorry, I'm also going to say that the first, the shuttle, um, the, it's because it's exciting and it's visual arts related, um, <laughs> Nick Cave and Bob Faust designed the wrapping on the shuttle, and oh, Nick really? Cave is the artist who will be at the Momentary starting in July 18th, his show called Until. So there, it's not just a regular looking shuttle, I didn't say boring, regular <laughs> looking shuttle, but it's going to be um, really It's awkward. not a shuttle you've seen before. Exactly. It's a brand new um experience just like the momentary exactly right all right so wonderful thank you so much for joining us today um, i'm looking forward to the opportunity of the momentary and i hope i have an opportunity to see all of you out there opening weekend i'm mary jordan with the northwest arkansas democrat gazette and i hope you have a wonderful day mm -hmm.